This is why I was worried about Roddy going into this match in the first place. Was he fully recovered? And could he take the punishment? But uh, it's a question now of just how much second effort is there. Now it certainly looks like it's going to break Valentine. Okay, have you guys ever been involved in or have you ever seen a crazy street fight or anything happen in high school or as an adult or when you were young? Mike, any memories of street fights? Street fight, I think uh, probably at the Bills game. I, I, we had season tickets for probably about 10 years. And one of the groups, the guys that's going with, you don't know Phil or Jeff, but they're, they're like two little bulldogs. They're, they're definitely little cavemen. And they were there in the parking lot and they were drinking and out of funnels and they were, they were pretty lit. And there's a group of other guys who were also kind of meathead guys. And they started throwing the football around. And then that became, it, it evolved from throwing the football around to playing like human Rams where they both where they would like line up probably 20 feet away and run full speed and, and just plow into each other like Rams. So what happened was as they're, as they're doing this, they're drunk and the one kid's running back to his thing. And when he did, he slipped and he knocked this guy over. And from that, it evolved into like, it had to be a hundred person brawl out in, in the Bills parking lot. And I, I didn't jump in. I could care less. I was just watching. I couldn't fucking believe it. My buddy, Jeff, one of the little guys, he, he ran off and I ended up seeing him. He had blood all over him. He had this guy's head up against the guardrail and he was punching him and he had a big smile on his face. Like he just came. Uh, my, my other buddy fell looks at me, grabs me by the shirt, and he goes, Mike, I've been waiting for this moment all my life. And he just ran right into it. So, like, to him, it was great. But it was, like, 100 people that just out of nowhere, just from these guys plowing into each other and then knocking that guy over. And it just they actually knew the guy they knocked over. They were partying right next to him, but it just got ugly. One other time, uh, we were at uh, an old friend Joey's house who passed away, and uh, there were a bunch of us there partying and drinking, some girls. And uh, some one of the girls knew some guys that lived in the area. It was in the city. And a couple of their friends came over and all of a sudden, like everybody's outside. I don't, I can't remember who else. I mean, Navoyski was there and he was a pivotal part of the story because there was a group of them walked up to a group of us. And the one guy was fucking massive, bigger than any of us by far. He walked up and he goes, take your best shot. And Jeff, he goes, you better take it. It'll be your only one. And the, and the kid punched Jeff and Navoyski hit this kid, whatever. And the guy just dropped like a sack of potatoes, just fell over. And his buddies scurried like rats. We didn't have to lift a finger. Those, <laughs> all his buddies saw Navoyski knock this dude out, and they just fucking ran. We saw one other, one of the other ones is beating this dude, Mike Miller's head off the fucking car window. But then when, when he saw what happened, he took off with the rest of his friends too because uh, Navoyski grabbed him, and he goes, listen. And the two just took off. Wow. wow. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Like, Jeff just flattened him. The dude was fucking <laughs> massive. So he bounces more than checks, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's like a legit, like he's a legit Ronnie Garvin, man. The kid's got a, a right fist like you wouldn't fucking believe. Jim, how about you? Any street fights? Um, yeah. So like I went to Lancaster and there was all sorts of fights getting settled in the 90s at high school. And what they, you would form a circle in the parking lot and you wouldn't know who was fighting. So you got there unless you knew the people. But like. Everybody went. There would be like 200 dudes in the parking lot. So I remember the one day everybody's like, there's going to be a fight after school. And I'm like, all right, I go because that's what you did. And it's my buddy, Kevin Stanley. And I'm like, oh, they always used to like kind of give me shit for watching wrestling. Like not a ton, but enough. Like all my friends I grew up with, like weren't really into it. And so I remember the fight starts and they're trying to hit each other. And, and Kevin grabs them. And he back suplexes him. 
and drops this dude almost right on his head. And then everybody breaks it up. And I was like, afterwards, I go, are you all right, man? He goes, yeah. And I go, you motherfucker, you give me so much shit about wrestling. And you just fucking back suplex that guy. On the concrete? In the parking lot? Oh, yeah. Lot? Right in the par- yeah, in the pavement on the parking lot. Yeah. Wow. Ooh. That's rough. Me- well, this is an interesting one. And this is probably one that I don't know if Maddie ever told. But we were, he had just got his license. So I must have been like 14, probably. Mm-hmm. And he was 16. And we went downtown. We cut school because he had his dad's car. We went downtown to the main place mall. Now, back then, Maddie really thought he was a gangster. He had gold chains, rings, everything. He was he was over gold, Maddie B. For OG Maddie B. So we're walking around the main place mall, and he's got his shit out. And now I'm starting to notice people following us in all the stores we went into. And I mm-hmm. said, dude, hide your shit. He goes, no, they ain't going to do nothing. They ain't going to do nothing. So he was, it's broad daylight. He was asleep. So we left a record store that, that was down there. I forget what it was, like whatever the name it was. So we get out to Main and Court Street and we're waiting for the light to change. Well, the light changed. We get the crosswalk. So I start walking across the street. And by the time I realize he's not behind me, I look, the, the light changes. And there's Maddie getting his ass kicked by like 15 dudes taking his gold. Right in broad daylight, downtown, people walking by everything. There's fucking, there was nothing I could have done. I was in the middle of the street and there's cars coming. And he's, this shit happened that fast. He's not a big guy. So imagine seeing him getting beat up by a whole bunch of guys. He must have been pretty fucked up. Not really, man. I think he, he might have had a, a fat lip. But other than that, I don't think he got touched from the beating he took. I mean, but what the fuck was I going to do? Walk yeah. back and get my ass kicked? <laughs> fuck that. I told him to put his gold away. He had to be the fucking good. He had to be the gangster. And they took everything. They, he had a Mac 10 on his fucking gold chain, everything, man. He was like, he thought he was iced tea. I am a nightmare walking, psychopath talking. <laughs> it seems you like. Know, the... I'm embarrassed that I <laughs> forgot about Maddie's involved in the greatest fight I've ever seen in my life. Tell him, Mike, yeah. <laughs> were, were you there for that, Tarek? With the girl? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead. I wasn't there and I need to know. <laughs> it was his brother's birthday, his brother's 21st birthday. And we're at, uh, what was it, the Underground? I think that was the name of it. And, uh, and it was, it was, there were a couple of us and my buddy, my buddy Moj, uh, was talking to this girl and, and her and her girlfriend walked by us and Moj just gave her a little tug in her hair. Like, Hey, Hey, come back here for a second. I want to tell you something. And it was, it was loud in there. So he didn't mean anything by it, but her friend was a big fucking girl. And she turned around and she thought, she thought he was being a dick. So she's, she's turned around and said something and started getting up in his face and Maddie, cause he's a little guy. He's like five, four probably. Right. He, he gets his hand up on Bray's shoulder and fucking clocks this big girl in the face. The girl what? was totally, yeah. <laughs> totally unaffected. She was totally, she totally no-sold this fucking, and she's like, Aja Kong, right? You know, she's a big fucking girl. And she goes, what the fuck did you do? She thought it was Moj that hit her with, the, with all the people being her. She thought it was Moj. Moj had just gone up to get, or someone got one up and got more beer. So Moj had two beers in his hand. He's finishing his other one. And then he had his other one that someone had just bought him or whatever, you know? And Moj has got two, he's like backing up. She backs him up out into the street outside of the bar, starts yelling, getting up in his face. He's like, dude, it wasn't me. I would never hit a girl. It wasn't me. Maddie starts jumping up and down, laughing like a maniac going, look at the fat girl. Look at the fat girl, like, because she was getting pissed, and he's laughing like a fucking hyena. People are just walking by like nothing. So all of a sudden, uh, it was Maddie had, like, one of those little fancy shirts on with the chest open and his chest hair out and the chains. And, you know, this girl, this girl fucking clocks him in the face so hard, drops him to the ground. He fucking, his glasses were broke. 
He gets back up to him again, knocks his ass down again. Like, this was a mismatch. Like, I felt bad for him. But, you know, his shirt was ripped. His glasses were hanging off his head. And then all of a sudden, you, you went into fucking attack mode. And if you saw this, if you, it sounds awful saying this about a guy and a girl, but to think that he was, like, the massive underdog. It was like, you know, you know, Bubba Ray Dudley versus Spike Dudley. Honestly. He's just throwing him around like a rag doll. So he gets up, and all of a sudden, he starts unloading on her, pounding her, pounding her. Gets her in a hockey headlock with their shirt. He hit it, probably hit her about a hundred times. I never saw somebody throw so many fists. Like civilians are just walking by. No one tries to stop it because they don't, they don't see her in any sort of danger. The cops pull up and the cops are like pulling him off of her. And, and he's laughing, like, like maniacally laughing as he's jumping up and down and just pounding her. The cops pull him off of her. The girl's fine. Doesn't, you know, she's looks like she's, you know, indestructible. <laughs> and the last thing I heard was, uh, do you have any history of mental illness? And he looks at the cop and he goes, yep. I am a nightmare walking, psychopath talking. <laughs> that was his brother's 21st birthday present. Robbie got to see, like, the greatest fight I've oh ever seen God. in my life. How did I forget I remember. that? <laughs> I, so, I had to bring that up. But it's not the craziest fight I've ever seen. I've seen fucking ridiculous fights all over the place. And the best fights I've seen are in Japan. The best fights are in Japan. Because... They're not violent. They're not dangerous. They're just fucking ridiculous. Totally fucking ridiculous. I remember one day, very recently, I was going on the... the here we use a train. The train is the way to commute. Everybody uses it. It's, the city has 30 million people. So, you know, using a car, you're stuck in traffic for hours and hours, going just a few miles. So people use the train. So I'm in the train. I, I'm in the station, actually, on the platform. And I'm waiting to go on the train. And it's not common to see delivery guys using the train but if there's like a lot of a lot of traffic it's rare but sometimes you'll see a delivery guy using the train to go like one stop or two stops so i'm standing on the platform and the train doors are closed and the train is arriving so the train arrives i don't know what the fuck's going on inside the train car but there's a delivery guy and he's clearly yelling at somebody in the train and i can see it as a train car is slowing down and slowing down in front of me the guy the delivery guy takes the package that he's supposed to deliver and the doors just start opening and he takes a package and he smashes it over an old Japanese guy's head. Like, he just fucking, as hard as he can, wham, Jesus. hits him in the back of the head, hits him in the back of the head, turns around, and then just very calmly walks out of the train. There's like, no big fight, no big, the guy who got hit over his head falls down to his knees, gets up, and it's like, nothing ever happened. And that's like a normal kind of Japanese fight. One guy hits somebody after a lot of yelling, and then... It's just kind of over. Like, that's the extent of Japanese street fights. There's no guns, no knives. Nobody's going to throw a punch back. If ever, uh, it's very rare to get, like, a return punch. But the escalation or the scenarios of the fights are always, like, really, really ridiculous. Okay, so the reason why we're talking about these street fights and all these fights that we've experienced is because there's this thing in wrestling called a street fight and a street fight is technically a match that takes place outside of the ring right and before the 1990s and before ecw became popular that wasn't really a thing all the matches happened inside the ring you get a three count inside the ring or there's a cage match or some kind of stipulation but the ring was the center of the action and so having a street fight was a super rare deal do you have any memories of a famous wrestling street fight or a wrestling street fight that you remember as being entertaining meet how about you yeah, the the backlot brawl with Dustin and, P and Piper at WrestleMania 12. 
Yep, that's what it was. That was that was one of my favorite matches of all time, just because I was I'm I'm a super huge Piper fan. I think that one got a lot of publicity because it was just after the O.J. Simpson uh, deal, and they had the Bronco on the highway. <laughs> they made it so funny, though. <laughs> How about you, Jim? Any uh, street fights that stick out in your mind? I don't know if it counts as a street fight, but man, that that Tully Blanchard Magnum T.A. I Quit match when they're in the steel cage. The fact that like he breaks off a piece of wood and like is digging it into his face is like so burned in my memory. Mike, how about you? Yeah, those are both great. There was the the two blue concession stand brawl. That was a famous one with, with Lawler, it was a Dundee. But lately, uh, recently they had a really good one in, in AEW with uh, Best Friends and Santana Ortiz. It was like in a parking ramp. It was great. So the one that sticks out in my mind, <laughs> it's totally ridiculous. So. The premise here is a match that took place outside of the ring. And I'm going to tell you one that you probably haven't forgotten and are all of you are going to groan. It's Dustin Rhodes versus a blacktop bully in the back of a moving truck. Oh. Do, you, <laughs> do you remember that? An uncensored uh, 95? I, I think yeah. meets Dustin Rhodes, ma- Rhodes match is much better. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I agree. As a match, it's ridiculous. Like, it was a terrible match. But what's interesting is they're trying to move or they're trying to fight in a moving truck. So when the guy makes a right turn, they go flying one way. When the guy makes a left turn, they go flying another way. When he hits the brakes, they go, there's no continuity in the match. There's no logic. And to win the match, you've got to sound the horn or some bullshit. It was the worst (laughs) fucking atrocity of a street fight I've ever seen in my life. It was fucking awful, awful, awful. But it's the one that I remember. You have to go back and watch it. Oh, I recommend you don't. It's fucking terrible. (laughs) This is a match. I really wanted to see for a long time. I never got to see it when I was a child. I didn't even know it was a pay-per-view match, to be honest with you. And I just seen the photos from the magazines and every fucking magazine covered this match in great detail. Jim and Mike, you guys, we talked about this earlier. You had not having seen this match. Did you also know about it through the magazines or how did you find out about this? Yeah, that's famous. Like that's that famous shot of Piper with the chain on his eyes. Like that was like in every single magazine. And Meet, had you seen it before, or is it something you wanted to see? I actually saw it. I actually watched it. That's like one of the first first wrestling matches I got to watch. I knew it was on closed circuit. My father's aunt used to own a bar, and they were there playing darts that night. But they had to they they had to feed to a wrestling. And then I it wasn't until years later I realized what I had watched. I was like six, probably. <laughs> six. Fucking exposed to this at six years old. What the fuck? (laughs) Back then, they didn't care. Didn't matter. My parents didn't hide anything from me. Well, there was the Sheik in in Detroit before this. So, I mean, it was probably the first thing we really saw. Because I know, like, the Sheik was doing it for a while. There was those guys doing hardcore stuff before. You're right. But this is the first time it was nationally exposed, right? Yeah. But that's not the only time them two did that match. They did that match 19 times before that one. And house shows. Oh, wow. I read Piper's book about it. And then I Mm -hmm. saw Valentine on an RF. I wanted to shoot on one of the latest shoot videos and he talked about it and they came up with it at one house show in, in like the mid south mid south it was they, they they said great now you guys gotta do it 19 more times but the one he televised was the last one they ever did that's why it was so gruesome then it started 
Okay, so let's get into the the details of the match before we get into like all the things that have happened in the match we always talk about some shit in the beginning right we talk about the announcers we talk about the ref we talk about like the visuals and the demonstration all that stuff so i'm gonna go with the stuff first that bothered me it looked as if that nwa ring mat had never ever been washed it's fucking disgusting (laughs) (laughs) so fucking cheap you're holding a national pay-per-view you can't fucking wash the ring mat before you start the, the show like it was unbelievable it had stains and blood in there from like 20 30 years ago that that stuck out first of all secondly the referee Stu Schwartz mm, <laughs> Nick Patrick territory <laughs> what do you think of it Jim yeah like the be- in a match like that you just want to stay out of the way you don't want to really involve yourself and I just feel like he didn't know where to be Mike yeah I agree with Jim totally how about you me what do you think about the ref he matched the arena a shithole he was a shithole <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like he got involved in like a couple of bumps and then his two, three counts were like anticlimactic. There's no tension. I don't know what the fuck. He, at the end of the match, when we'll get into it later, but at the end of the match, Valentine hits him. He goes down. He gets up right away. No sells. It tries to get back in to stop Piper again and to stop Valentine again, like repeatedly. And so like if you're sure Valentine's shots aren't hurting you that much, why would they hurt Piper? Like I, I don't understand the logic of like what he did. It was totally ridiculous. Okay, then. I was so worried that we were going to listen to Gordon Soley this week and I was going to be let down. Actually, he's fucking outstanding even today. Dude, he's the best yes. ever. I love Gordon Soley. Yes, no doubt. So fucking good. And Bob Cottle, who worked alongside him, he was a good partner for him. They worked yeah. off each other really well. Can't really mess with Gordon, man. He's the originator. He's, he's number one of all time. He's so fucking cool, man. He's got the cool voice. He's just like this cool little dude. Like Mean Gene. (laughs) It's kind of funny, you know, in the middle of the match, I suddenly had a flashback when he said souple. I was like, oh, yeah, he used to say souple. He used to say souple. Yeah. So I don't know if suplex is right or souple is right, but that was the one thing that it it just hit me all of a sudden. Oh, yeah, that's Gordon Soli. He says that. That was kind of cool. For that time, right? Like if you think about 83, where society was and the way they were calling this match, it was ideal. And I have a feeling he could adjust to any generation. He'd probably been okay today, too. Like he's yeah. just technically perfect, right? Okay, so commentary, A+. plus. It's not like Chikara, where they told the story and they gave you the backdrop and all that stuff. But as far as calling this match and providing an understanding to the general audience and to the hardcores, job well done. Job well done. Okay, now the match. Let's start from the beginning. We'll walk through the whole the spots. They start off. And Piper comes to the ring with two guys and Valentine comes to the ring with two guys. These four fucking guys all look like pimps. Who the fuck are these guys? Did you know any of them? It's so grainy. You can't really make them out. Like it's, it's such an old feed. Yeah, I don't know who they are. They're big, though. Yeah, they were wrestlers for sure. I, I just couldn't identify any of them. Jim, did you know? No, I couldn't identify any of them. Okay, so those four guys... I don't know who they are. I don't know what the backstory is. I don't know anything about that. And they just kind of disappear out of nowhere and then make an appearance at the end. I don't know how they fit into this whole situation. So very strange. Then they start the match and immediately they move away from each other. And that today, if that happens today in a match where two guys pull away from each other, you're going to see tons and tons of flash photography people are just going to be taking that shot because it's iconic right like they're trying to pull each other away there's this big distance between them the, the the chains in the middle and there's like all this emotion on their face i thought it was a great way to start the match what'd you think jim yeah it was almost like a test of wills to start off and like it was like i mean it's having something pull on your neck's gonna hurt like like it, it, it definitely brought a weird kind of tension to the match me 
I just you know, and I'd be watching it back though, and just just knowing that these two guys are gonna spare no expense at fucking each other up to give so give to give everyone a good show, and it's just they're just gonna let it. Well, they're not even going to map anything out. They're just going to go with it and call it, call it as they go. And it just, you're, you're going to be in for a treat because those are two of the, probably two of the best performers for that era right there. Yeah, so I think it started off well, right? It starts off really good. And then as they start inching towards each other, Piper's like grabbing the chain in such a way so that there's like a little loose piece on the end so he can whip Valentine yeah. with it. Really clever. Very, very smart. But now that Meets mentioned that they've done this 19 times, that must have been something they figured out along the way because I thought it was ingenious. What do you think about that, Mike? Yes, yeah, cool. I actually remember that when I when I went back and, and watched it recently. I remember it from seeing it a long time ago. Jim, what about you? Yeah, I, I In your head, you're, you're like, all right, how much can they really do with it? And to see how many different things they like, I don't think you could do that match all the time because there's only so many things you can do because it was so new and interesting. They really pulled off a lot with it. And meet. What about you? What do you think about them whipping each other with a chain like that in the beginning? How Piper grabbed that chain that way? I thought it was I thought it was ingenious. I really did. I was just and using it, using it to using the prop throughout the whole match, not just wrestling and having it around your neck, but actually using it and being creative. So you're right. So good. Yeah. At this time, he was great. He was on the, I would say he's probably at his peak here, right? He was great at this time. And this match suited his skill set so well. And so they're brawling. You're right. And there's blood everywhere. But what's strange for me is Piper blades on his ear. I'd never seen that before. Even today, I don't remember a guy blading his ear. Have you ever seen that before? He didn't blade his ear. Valentine got him with the chain. I see. I he didn't blade his ear. He was trying to get his head, and he got the ear, and he cut the he cut the ear wide open. Oh, uh, and so then they just went with it from there, yeah. and then they told, "Oh, that's great." Then that makes it even more impressive, right? Because he went with that, and they went with that balance issue, and I don't have my balance because my ear is all bleeding. That was so clever. I thought it was excellent. It's something even today. I don't think I've ever seen that today, where a guy complains about his balance because of blood. There's too much blood in his ear. I have very very good storytelling. Jim, what do you think? I think that like they you when you have two of the best announcers too that are going to play into it like it mm -hmm. all just works really well together. And then there's another couple of interesting things. Uh, Gordon Soli used the vocabulary winch, but he used it the right way, and we're thinking about it the wrong way. Piper puts <laughs> <laughs> puts Valentine <laughs> in the corner, and he winches the rope around the corner post. And he just pulls him in. I thought it was such an ingenious spot, but he didn't hold it on for a long time. I thought he should have stayed with that like four or five times. Put him in the corner, let him come out, pull him back like again and again and again. I thought it was an excellent, excellent spot. What do you think about that, Jim? I, again, I think that they, because again, what Meat said, like I didn't know that, they probably worked out what, what got crowd reaction and what didn't and then put every single thing that got crowd reaction into this match. Okay, and then from there, we get into like a kind of schmoz thing with the referee bump, right? So we've seen <laughs> lots of good ref bumps. We've seen lots of bad ref bumps. This might be RVD, yeah, RVD, Bam Bam Bigelow, Jim Finnegan, terrible bump level bad. It was fucking awful. Fucking awful. I don't even think he fucking got hit. I don't know what the hell was supposed to go on there. And then they didn't even use it to go to the finish. So I'm not sure what the fuck the point was. Two minutes later, this, the referee's not selling that bump at all. Like, he's like normal. Like, everything's okay. <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Awful. Fucking awful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's crazy how much he reminds you of, of his old man after watching that uh, the Wild Bill Curry fight, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That elbow. Whenever he drops that elbow from behind, I always, I always think of his dad now. 
Yeah, that's exactly that scene there, right? Where he hits the ref. That's exactly what he's done. Minus the chain. I mean, it was a straight up brawl. There there were, what, probably three three moves. I think there was a a suplex. Right. uh, Two elbow (laughs) drops and a knee drop. And then... uh, the finish was a, like uh, I don't know what you'd call I don't that, know but what it, that was. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you're right, there's like four, ostensibly four moves, right? I thought they could have because the suplex went well. I thought they could have done a body slam onto the chain, and I was expecting to see that, but they never went with that. It was I don't I don't know. Like I thought they could have done a little bit more with the chain, but yeah, but it's a brawl, so I guess that's why they stayed away from the wrestling moves. Okay, then one thing that hit me as strange is Valentine uses a sleeper, not Piper. I thought that was cool because from my WWF exposure and later on WCW, Piper is the one who uses the sleeper all the time. I'd never seen him put in a sleeper before. That was kind of unusual for me. Did he use that in the NWA and stuff? Or like, uh, did Valentine use that regularly? Because by the time he came to the WWF, I'd never seen him do that. Do you remember that, Jim? I don't know enough to know if it was just a, a knock on Piper to try to do Piper's move on him or not. I'm not sure. Okay, and then we get close to the finish so let's get to the finish the finish is the first pinfall of the two of the three balls match with his father it's that yeah. level bad right <laughs> yes another like, reason why it reminded me of it was the pinfall right what the, but, fuck? what the fuck it was fucking ridiculous i don't that was like a, I, a hip toss I, it's the same move it's the exact same move his dad did to win that first ball <laughs> so it was like a I don't know, hip toss, Was curl over. It, it might be a move we just don't get. It's just so advanced. We have no idea what's going on. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. But what was good about the fall was Piper hooked his legs using the chain. I thought that was clever. Really clever. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, it was very smart. Very smart. Okay, so he wins. Then these announcers are pros. But I'm sure somebody must have handed them a note saying, hey, this is not a title match and he didn't win the title and he, there's no big celebration here. And so suddenly Gordon Soli is like, he's a champion. He's a champion. They're carrying him out. It's a celebration. And oh no, this is a non-title match. <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? It was a schmoz at the end. His two friends came in. Valentine hits the two friends once and they're out forever. He hits Schwartz 20 times and he keeps getting back up and getting back involved. I fucking had no clue what the fuck was going on post-match. What did you think all about all that meat? It just got weird after after a while. Like, you, you forgot about what you just watched because you, you lost in the moment. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You forgot about all that match, right? Jim, what were your thoughts about the after-finish or the finish and the after-finish? Oh, just a train wreck. Like, like you had this perfect moment. Then, then you have, like, this huge confusing thing that makes no sense and nobody knows what's going on gordon Soli doesn't know what's going on they're carrying him off like it just like they it's like they booked the match up until the last move and then they just winged it agreed mike any thoughts about the overall the finish and the end sequence there yeah not, nothing more than uh than jimmy or the meat side but or that i've probably said before that but yeah it was a it was a disaster at the end it totally reminded me of his old man's match yeah, so I'm glad that because of this podcast, I was able to watch this match. And if I have to rate it overall, I'd say for its place in history, it deserves recognition. There was a lot of cool stuff in here. The match itself was good. The booking was fucking atrocious. The ref was a piece of shit. But other than that, 
it was pretty good. Yeah, as I agree. Far, yeah, as far as historical matches go, usually you watch them and they're a letdown, right? Like there's a reason why they're good and then people improve on them and make them better and go further and further. But actually, as far as dog collar matches go, I know AEW did one recently, right, Mike? Yeah, with uh, Cody and, and Brody Lee. That was really good. And uh, Valentine was in the crowd for it. He said it was the second best one ever. What did you think? Did you think after watching that that it was much better than what Piper and Valentine did? Ah, uh, man, it's hard to say. I mean, you wouldn't have one without the other, right? I don't yeah, think right. I th- think there were a lot of callbacks to the to the Valentine and Piper match. I, I don't know that it would have been such a big thing without what, what they did for it. But if I watched them both side by side, I would think they're comparably good and, and probably some spots maybe better because I don't remember the ending totally, but I know it wasn't as shit as, as uh, the Legends match. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think you can compare them. I just, I don't think uh, it's just, it's, it's two different eras. You just, I don't, you can't compare them. I, although he is right by saying that without one, you wouldn't have the other, but it's just, you can't, in my eyes, you can't, you can't compare the two different, the two different generations for what was good then and what, what's good now. You know what I mean? Like, I can't make that assumption. Both are definitely, both were definitely great matches though. And I think the dog collar match is probably top 10 of all time. For significance in, in wrestling. Yeah. That's, that's a big one. Yeah, I agree. Jim, what are your thoughts? I, I think, well, first off, the AEW match is better just by default because the ending is so terrible. But yeah, like if you don't, if you don't have the setup for it, it doesn't matter. Like, like if you don't have, if you don't have certain hell in the cells happen beforehand, other hell in the cells can't be better. Like you right. have, you have momentum for it. Yeah, I think a good equivalence would be like the ladder match, right? Like Sean right. Michaels and Razor Ramon, the first ladder match seems outstanding. But if you watch it now. It's kind of dated. The spots are relatively simplistic compared to what they do today. But we don't see dog collar matches that often. And so no. I think that's why this probably holds up better, right? Because there's not a lot of uh, innovation in this space, per se. Cody and Brody only had a couple. You know, they had a thing where Cody had the title for a while. Brody beat him. Cody went off to do some stuff, uh, film some shows. And when he came back, he ended up beating Brody. But that's not, like, uh, on the same level as, like, what Valentine and Piper were doing at the time. So, like, as, as far as the match, but, the, like, the overall story, you know, it was just, like, kind of just a... He wanted his belt back. It wasn't Piper and Valentine in a blood feud. You know, the dude's ear was just like, people thought he was going to lose his friggin' ear. Do you know who's on the roster? <laughs> Last week, my expectations for the roster were really high, and you guys fucking shit the bed, right? Mike did well, but <laughs> the two of you fucked it up. So I decided... <laughs> I have to go easy again. And so what I did was I picked Bash at the Beach 1996. Okay. And why did I pick this show? It's because this is the beginning of the NWO. So this is a show that I'm sure you've watched. And this is a show where there's lots and lots of talent on this show. Lots of talent on this show. And so there's some big names you should not miss. So last time, Mike. Oh, I'll miss miss them. Take it to the bank. (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah, right. And in, in, in our defense, it's not that we don't know the people we didn't get. It's that we guessed wrong on the one that we, you know, we got. Right. Wrong, but it's not right. Like we wouldn't have known that like. That's so, correct. So, you know, that's correct. Right. And this card here, there's just one single guy I didn't know. And it's because he's like a, a talent who's brought in just to make somebody look great. And that's it. Everybody else on this show, you know, you know, every guy on this card. OK, so, Mike, you won last week. So I'm going to give you first crack at this. This is Bash at the Beach, 1996. Hogan. Round one. Hogan, right. Hulk Hogan. He's the famous third man joined the NWO. Okay. Meet. Bash. Correct. 
Jim. Not Hall. Correct. Mike. Macho Man. You guys are all going for that main event match. Macho Man Savage. <laughs> Randy Savage. Correct. Meat. Sting. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Jim. Luger. <laughs> Luger. Okay, now we've got the main event out of the way. <laughs> now I'm scared. Okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Mike. Flair. Correct. Meat. DDP. Correct. Jim. Rick Steiner. Correct. Mike. Scott Steiner. That's a safe guess. Scott Steiner. Correct. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Meat. Uh, Jericho. Chris Jericho. Incorrect. Meat, you're out. It lasted longer than last. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Next. Jim. Booker T. Correct. Mike. D.B. Ray. Correct. Jim. Disco Inferno. Correct. Mike. Bagwell. Oh, incorrect. Done. Oh, Damn. done. Jim, you want to try and continue? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck is that guy? Who the fuck is that Last guy? Last week, who, who the fuck is that guy? No one, win? so Mike still right. gets first guess, right. Right, Mike is still first choice. So, <laughs> Mike, if you get this, I'm going to be super impressed. Super impressed. It, just like last week, I didn't go out of my way to find something difficult, but it's difficult. Okay, here we go. Round one. The Polish Prince. Ivan Potsky. Great fucking guess, but wrong. That would have been my guess. That, that was a fucking guess. great guess, but incorrect. Meet round two. Derek Draper. Is that Scott Putsky? Incorrect. Oh, very good guess, though. <laughs> yeah. Round three. Here we go. Mega Maharishi Ahmed. Ender Mahal. Incorrect. He's a fucking Polish prince. I don't imagine Jinder Mahal is a Polish prince. Okay. Look, look man, I had nothing. <laughs> okay, Mike. Here we go. The general. Oh, man. Ed Nanel Casey. Oh, you're so fucking close. Oh, you're so close. The correct answer. An AWA legend, Colonel De Beers. Fuck, dude. Uh, uh. I was going to say that. I swear to God, but I thought he had a different... He was like Steve Wisnowski or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's the next name. He's going to be Ed Wisnowski. Oh, dude. Right? I wish I would have yeah. been next because that, that, that name I would have known because I, I was thinking it was De Beers because I was trying to think of how many Polish guys. So I thought yeah. about Putski. It ain't, about it ain't many. Yeah, Killer it ain't Kowalski many. was no prince. You know what I mean? Even right. It was Gene Kaniski. So then I started thinking, I'm like, I'm like, well, De Beers looked a little bit different and he was... I knew he had a Polish name and I... I damn, I, I was going to say but, him and... De Beers himself wasn't Polish, was he? Like, because when he's doing the De Beers gimmick, he doesn't look Polish at all. And no, so he's I thought South he, African. He's South African, he's right? Yeah, yeah. Extremely racist, yeah. Right, 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 right. Also, he has one of the worst nicknames ever when he's wrestling under the other gimmick. His nickname is Easy. 
<laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> what? That, that's Mike's nickname. <laughs> okay. All right. So Colonel De Beers is this week's Who the Fuck is That Guy? And in the very last segment, this or that. It's really simple this week. Punch or chop. Okay, Mike. Oh, the chop. Punch is, you know, not everybody can do a good punch. But like, I like I like seeing the chops. You know, like Daniel Bryan match. The guy's beat red. His chest is beat red by the end of the match. And flair, you know, the flair, the woo. Well, I don't know what the hell you'd even call what Walter does. But that's just, I mean, show me someone that's going to throw a punch as good as Walter throws a chop. Jim, how about you? It's the chop because of the crowd reaction. Like, like when does anybody ever get excited for a punch except for when somebody's in the buckle and they punch them 10 times? Like, yeah. like Mike said, like when Walter chops somebody, Jesus Christ, like, like it's the, it seems like the most painful thing on the planet. What about you? Well, it, it depends. From last week's match, when fucking that opening bump, when that dude fucking gets spun around, was, was that a chop or was that a close? <laughs> that was a clothesline. That was a clothesline. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, the chop. We're 16-time world, world champions. That's, that, you can't go to any fucking match anywhere in the world. When someone gets chopped and you don't hear someone say, whoa. I mean, it's iconic. It's, it's a lot. You, can't, you, you can sell it better because you're actually chopping the motherfucker. So I agree with you guys in the sense that the chop is an easy sell because it's real. You can't fake a chop, right? You have to fucking hurt somebody <laughs> when you throw a chop. And guys who throw a good punch are limited, really, really limited. There are guys, I know some people think there are guys in this business who throw a great punch, but I would say one of the best is Bret Hart. He throws a punch. It looks realistic. Like he's trying to throw a real punch. Sorry to shit on this guy. You ever see Colt Cabana throw a punch? Horrible. <laughs> Fucking Yeah, terrible. more along the lines of like Dusty. Yeah, but it's an over cartoonish representation of what a punch should be, right? But when well, yeah. he throws a chop, like even when he throws a chop, there's no way to fake a chop, right? And if you get into like real deep significant chops like Kobashi and Kensuke, those fucking guys' chops are outstanding. And I don't ever yeah. see anybody throw punches that realistic. As good as Bret Hart's punches were, they're nowhere near a Kobashi chop. So I'm with you guys. It's clean sweep this week. Chop for everybody. So we've heard what you've had to say. And a lot of you are saying that you love the discussion that we have amongst each other, but you're not really interested in wrestling that much. A thing that ruined it a little bit for me was I was standing next to my fucking useless brother. So that was a... <laughs> you, guys, you told so, me we're doing Sting and Vader. Yeah, yeah. You're <laughs> about shit from 35 years ago. <laughs> I didn't have any friends in Buffalo at the time, so I wasn't familiar with Buffalo at all. It was just a dirty place on the other side of the border. <laughs> yeah. Freaked the hell out of me when I looked at the rankings and I saw Conan, Austin, Jericho, us. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious, right? It's crazy. You don't want to listen to all that wrestling bullshit? Then follow us on YouTube. 
on YouTube, we'll cut up all the intro segments and some of the games and post them on there as clips. And so if you're not interested in the matches, go over to YouTube and subscribe to our channel. It's Six Man Tag Podcast. It's time for you to tag in. Don't forget to like and subscribe. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to write to us at sixmanpodcast at gmail.com. For now, it's time to tag out. <laughs>